Good morning. Good morning. If you would, open your Bibles to 2 Kings, chapter 5. Now, in 1 Peter 5, 5, Peter writes, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You know, pride is the cause of many downfalls in life. When we look at pride and just the history of pride, Adam and Eve, their sin was pretty much based on pride. They wanted to be like God. They were lifted in pride. Pride can affect everyone. And pride leads to sin. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at two people who were complete opposites. And at the end, their role sort of switched. One was lifted in pride and he humbled himself. And then the other one who should have been humble fell to sin and was punished. So look at 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 27. Now, was there one Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Aram? Now, Aram is Syria. So that's north of Israel. It's in that area north of Israel. The king of Aram, a great man and honorable in the sight of his Lord, because that by him the Lord had delivered the Aramites. He also was a mighty man and a valiant but a leper. And the Aramites had gone out by bands and had taken a little maid of the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, he would soon deliver him of his leprosy. And he went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Aram said, Go thy way thither, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel, and he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiments, and brought the letter to the king of Israel to this effect, Now when this letter is come unto thee, understand that I have sent thee Naaman my servant, that thou mayest heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel had read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to give life that he doth send to me? that I should heal a man of his leprosy. Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. But when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, he sent unto the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman came with his horses, and with his chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash thee in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be cleansed. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought with myself, he will surely come out and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and put his hand on the place, and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana? And Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. May I not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and departed in displeasure. 
But his servants came and spake unto him and said, Father, if the prophet had commanded thee a great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? And then he went down and washed himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he turned again to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him and said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the world but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a reward of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, I will not receive it. And he would have constrained him to receive it, but he refused. Moreover, Naaman said, Shall there not be given to thy servant two mules load of this earth, for thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt sacrifice nor offering unto any other god, save unto the Lord. Herein the Lord be merciful unto thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Remen, to worship there, and leaneth on mine hand, and I bow myself in the house of Remen. When I bow down, I say in the house of Remen, The Lord be merciful unto thy servant in this point. Unto whom he said, Go in peace. So he departed from him about half a day's journey of ground. And Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared this Aramite, Naaman, receiving not those things at his hand that he brought, as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed speedily after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he answered, All is well. My master hath sent me, saying, Behold, there be come to me, even now from Mount Ephraim, two young men of the children of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments." And Naaman said, Yea, take two talents, and he compelled him, and bound two talents of silver in two bags, with two changes of garments, and gave them unto his servants, that they might bear them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them out of the ha their hands, and laid them in the house, and sent away the men, and they departed. Then he went in, and stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. But he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is this a time to take money, and to receive garments, and olives, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servants, and maidservants? The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and to thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper white as snow. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Just give us an insight and understanding into your word. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. And Lord, just be with us as we worship together. Be with those that could not make it today, those that may be traveling, Lord, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, we just lift them up to you. And Lord, we just pray that you would just be merciful to each one, Lord, and just touch those that need healing and be with those that have lost loved ones, Lord, and just comfort them. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Give me the words to say today, Lord, that the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, in this chapter, we see pretty much 
three men. One is Naaman, the captain or the general over the armies of Aram. We see Elisha, the prophet of God, and then we see Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. Now Naaman, what we're going to see is that Naaman, being as powerful as he was, he was pretty much lifted in pride. But he gets humbled. And Gehazi, someone who should have been humble and following the word of God, is lifted in greed and is punished. Now Naaman, again, was the captain of the army of Aram. And we learn in this that he was a great man. It says that he was honorable, that he was valiant. He was very brave. And even though he was a pagan, if you look at verse 1, it says that God had used him to deliver Aram. When Aram had been attacked, God used Naaman to save that country. But it also tells us that he was a leper. He was stricken with leprosy. Now, back during this time, leprosy was pretty much a death sentence. If you got leprosy, it would progressively get worse and worse and worse until you died. But what we see here is is that Naaman is in the early stages of it. And we can pretty much get that from the fact that he had not been shunned by society. He still had access to the king. He still pretty much could go to his house and be around the people in his home. But he would progressively get worse until finally he would be cast out of the city. He would be cast into the wilderness. He would have to live on his own and be shunned by everyone until he died. Thus, he would lose his position and his power that he had. But what we see here is is that at some point, the army of Aram had went into northern Israel and had conquered part of it, and they took this girl out of Israel. And she was now a slave and the servant of Naaman's wife. And being in this position... She knew about Aram or that of Naaman's leprosy, and she tells Naaman and his wife she wished that Naaman would go into Samaria to be healed because there was a prophet there that could heal him. So when Naaman hears this, he goes and he talks to the king of Aram. Now I want you to notice something. When he tells the king about this, the king sends. Naaman to Israel. But look at what he sends with him. He sends with Naaman 10 talents of silver, that's 750 pounds of silver. Then 6,000 pieces of gold, which is about 150 pounds worth of gold. And then 10 changes of garments. So basically he sends a small fortune with Naaman to get Naaman healed. He wanted Naaman healed. Naaman was his captain of his army. He was the the general that was over everything, and the king of Aram wanted Naaman healed. So he sends a small fortune to pay for it. 
But then what we see is he sends a letter with Naaman. And pretty much Naaman was to take this letter to the king of Israel and give it to the king of Israel that pretty much said, I'm sending Naaman to you so you can get him healed, so you can heal him. Now, look at what happens when he gives this letter to the king. The king of Israel rent, rent his clothes. Instead of turning to God, and instead of turning to the prophet of God, the king of Israel thinks that he's sending Naaman there to start a fight. I can't heal Naaman. I'm not God. He's doing this so he can provoke a war between us. Now this goes back to what we looked at last week. Remember, all the kings of Israel, when you look in First and Second Kings, all the kings of Israel, it said, did evil in the sight of God. They were all evil. So instead of turning this over to God, instead of seeking out Elisha on his own, he starts to panic. And the reason he did this is because he didn't know God. But look at what happens. Elisha hears about this. And Elisha sends his servant to the king of Israel and he rebukes the king. Why did you tear your clothes? Send him to me so that he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. And the king does just that. But notice the power of God through Elisha. Elisha didn't ask what's wrong with Naaman. When Naaman gets to his door, Elisha sends a servant and says, tell him to go wash and he'll be healed. God had already told him what was wrong. And God had told him what Naaman had to do to be healed. But notice Naaman's pride. He shows up to Elisha's house. He didn't go by himself. He brought that whole entourage with him. So you're talking chariots and servants and horses and gold and silver and all these changes of clothes. Pretty much Samaria was a very small town. And it was a lot smaller than Jerusalem at this time. So it's pretty much like having the the presidential motorcade come through West Liberty. It would just be line after line after line after line of cars, but you had line after line after line of horses and chariots. Because Naaman was a very important guy. And then... We, in reading this, in the Hebrew, it pretty much alludes to the fact that Naaman did not get off the chariot when he got there. He stayed on the chariot. He expected Elijah to come out of the house 
and come over to him and touch him and then kill him and then he would just leave. But instead, Elijah sends his servant to him and says, tell him to go wash in the Jordan River seven times. So what happens? Again, we see Naaman's pride. He gets mad. He didn't even come out here to see me. All he tells me is to go wash in this dirty old muddy river. But we also see in this, Naaman was also prejudiced. He said all the waters in Damascus are better than the waters in Israel, but the funny thing is, is the rivers in Damascus ran into Israel. It was the same water. Except for the Jordan. The Jordan was water in Israel, God's land. Yet God had a plan and a purpose. To be healed, Naaman was going to have to humble himself before God. He was going to have to listen to what God's prophet said And he was going to have to go to the Jordan River in Israel and dip himself seven times. Not six times. Why? Because the number six is the number of man. He had to dip himself seven times the number of God. And then he would be cleansed. But Naaman got mad. But remember what Peter writes, God gives grace to the humble. The only way that Naaman was going to see the grace of God was to do what God said and humble himself. And when Naaman's servants tell him that if Elijah had commanded him to do this great thing, he would have done it, he's like, all he's saying is go wash seven times. It's a very simple thing for you to do. Naaman finally goes and does it. And look at what happens. Even after Naaman had gotten mad, when Naaman does humble himself, God heals him. And it says that his flesh was restored onto him like that of a young child. God had made his flesh perfect. But all Naaman had to do was humble himself. But notice the change that takes place after he humbles himself before God. He goes back to Elijah, and this time Elijah meets with him. Notice that. Elijah comes out and talks to him personally. (coughs) Naaman gets off the horse and the chariot. He walks over to Elijah to Elisha and offers Elijah this gold and silver and all these things that he brought, but Elijah wouldn't take it. And the reason Elijah wouldn't take it is the gift of God cannot be bought by the hands of anything that we bring. It can't be bought by gold and silver. It's a free gift. 
but it comes to those who are humble before God. But then look at what happens. Naaman also says he recognizes there's only one true God. So the pagan had turned into a believer. And he asks for something weird. He says that he wants two mule loads of dirt to take back into Syria. And the reason is, is he wanted to start sacrificing to God and he only wanted to do it over the earth that came from Israel. He wanted to start sacrificing to God and then he asked for a pardon. He says, when I get back, I'm going to have to take the king and go into this temple of this false god. And the king is elderly. So when he goes to bend down, I'm going to have to bend down with him to help him. He asked for pardon for that. Basically saying, I'm just going in there for the king not to worship. So he was now mindful of things that could be displeasing to God. And Elijah pardons him for that. He says that, you know, pretty much go in peace. God will pardon that. And then Naaman leaves. But Naaman had became had become a believer. He had went from being a prideful pagan to a humble believer in God because of what God had done for him. A result of submitting to God's word and being healed. Now contrast Naaman with Gehazi. Gehazi thought it was wrong that Elijah had refused payment for this healing. Aram and Israel were enemies at this time. So Gehazi was like, we should have taken this Naaman guy for all that he owned. So he devises this scheme. And the scheme was as he was going to go to Naaman and tell Naaman that two prophets had come from Mount Ephraim and were now at Elisha's house and Elijah had sent him for some silver and for some garments for them. But notice that he does this after he sees that Elisha knew what was wrong with Naaman without even being told. He also knew that Naaman had sent a letter to the king of Israel and the king of Israel had rent his clothes without going to the throne room. And he had also seen Elisha using the power of God to raise people from the dead by this time. And he had been with Elijah for for several years by this point. He had seen everything that Elijah had been doing through the power of God. And being a Jew, he also knew that God was everywhere present. And that God sees all things. Yet he thinks that he could get away with this. So he runs after Naaman and gets this 
and gets this gold or this silver in these changes of garments. But instead, Naaman gives him two talents of silver, basically 75 pounds, and sends it with his servants to go back with Gehazi. But Gehazi was greedy. He was lifted up. And as a result, he gives the impression to the people that Naaman was with that God's gift can be bought. And after he hides the the gold or the silver and the changes of garments in Elisha's house, he goes in and stands with Elijah, and Elijah asks him, where have you been? And look at what he says in verse 25. He says, whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, thy servant went no whither. He lied. And then Elijah tells him, he said, my heart went with you. God revealed this to me. When you went out to meet Naaman and he got off of the chariot and turned back, I saw that through the power of God. He had saw it. And then he says, is this a time to take money and to receive garments and olives and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maidservants? And the answer is no. They were doing God's work. And they were doing God's work for free. Because God gives his gift freely. And then he punishes by saying that the leprosy of Naaman would be on Gehazi and Gehazi's descendants forever after that. And Gehazi went out a leper. He was stricken with leprosy. Now, why was Gehazi punished? Think about something. When Gehazi did this, he was showing disrespect for God by trying to profit off of an act of God, an act that he had no part of. He was trying to profit off that, and that disrespected God. And it also, again, left Naaman and his servants with the impression that God's gift can be bought. Gehazi was very wrong in what he did. So look at what happens. Naaman, who was prideful, submitted to the word of God, humbled himself and was healed and received God's grace. The servant of God's prophet disrespected God's word. And was punished. But you know the same happens today. If we humble ourselves before God and submit to his word, we will receive his grace. Just as Naaman did. But likewise, if we reject God's word and disrespect it, we will be punished. Just as Gehazi. The punishment may not happen in this lifetime, but it will happen. God freely gives his grace when we humble ourselves to him.
Because that's what it takes to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We hear the gospel message, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, and then we must humble ourselves and admit that we're sinful and that we need a Savior. And then we turn to him in repentance. So if we humble ourselves and follow the word of God, we will receive God's grace and his mercy. But when we disrespect the word, reject it, we'll see God's punishment. Because it's like Peter said, God resisteth the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. and Thank you, Lord, that we can just worship together today, Lord. And Lord, I pray that at this time, as we go into this time of invitation, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.